Today's date is September 20th, 1996. Ah, no, uh, no accent today? Oh, okay, you get mad at me when I do the French, you get <laughs> mad at me when I do the English. When is it gonna be enough for you people? I don't know, just as long as you say that we're in, we're in Paris. We're in Paris, we're still in we Paris. have to... Because of the the movement of time, the the beginning of this episode is in America, so I have to talk American to the people. I see, I mm. see, and then we'll we'll transition over. Because we are sponsored by the Urkpad, so we are <laughs> making oh, no. use of that. Got our prototypes. It's, it's f- free question mark. I, well, all right, <laughs> can't already. At the top of the Billboard Hot 100 this week is Macarena. The Bayside Boys Mix by Los Del Rio. Ah, damn it. I, I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. At number 23 this week is Macarena. No remix by <laughs> Los Del Rio. <laughs> I, get, I get mad at people even just mentioning the word Macarena. I just can't. Because your arms immediately just jerk up in front of your body like <laughs> yeah, you're a Yeah, you can't fight it. You, you, gotta, you gotta start breaking it down. It's an instinct. Also sneaking into two spots in the top 40 this week, although it's hot 100, whatever. Uh, number four and number 28 spots are claimed by notable French mouth Celine Marie Claudette Dion. Wow. She had uh, It's All Coming Back to Me Now and Because You Loved Me. Just edging out anti-vaxxer Eric Clapton's uh, Change the World. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Wait, sir. hold the hold the, hold the phone. He, he's an anti-vaxxer? Oh yeah. He just came out against the COVID vaccine as we're recording this. And, Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, well, that's technically not true. He's technically standing up for individual liberty by saying he will not perform at venues that require people to be vaccinated before they enter, which is the same fucking thing, dude. Well, I'm going to exercise my individual liberty to uh, just let him know that, hey man, it's your funeral. And I am going to recognize his legacy and exercise my personal liberty by doing a ton of cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) You need to delay your word spurt or no one's going to want to have a podcast with you. This is Jumping the Shuttle, the podcast where we watch every episode of Family Matters backwards towards forwards. And today we're covering episode 170 overall, but an important number, season 8, episode 1, Paris Vacation, part 1. I'm Alex Diamond, joining me for the first and last time, uh, Judge John McDaniel, live from Paris, New York (laughs) State. The first and last time? That that was not what we had discussed. Not in (laughs) the contract. I've gone back and edited a lot of podcasts recently. <laughs> and joining us still from uh, Paris, Australia, is David Kenny. Did you look that up? Is that a real one? I have no way. No, of course I didn't look that up. <laughs> it's probably just like smack in the middle of the outback. You can call anything anything out there. Nobody knows. That's not a Paris. <laughs> this is a Paris. That's not a crepe. <laughs> are you saying crepe or what? What are what is this movie now? <laughs> We thought that we were done now that we are at part one of a three-parter with previously on Family Matters, 
but the voice of Laura Lee Winslow takes us to a very dark place immediately. <laughs> you can't have any expectations ever, ever. We find out that, I guess, it's going to be hard because a lot of this stuff, I assume, happened in Season 7. Because that's why they're, like, warning us about it. And if it happened previous to that, we don't have to be reminded now as they're coming back from a multi-month hiatus. But I, the timeline is weird here. We find out Steve is able to isolate and duplicate complex molecules... He can clone stuff, and I think that is important that he says stuff and not just people, because he does, like, make clothes appear on the duplicate of himself that he makes in a human Xerox. It's really funny. It does the TikTok filter, where it's just like a horizontal line, and it goes down your face. Yeah, it's just scanning you, and it creates something as horrific as the output of most of those TikToks, which is... (laughs) Just another Urkel. Everyone hates that there's two Urkels. Because <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's bad with one. And who should suggest the perfect solution to all of this? Who should be the, oh, yeah. the lead scientist, as it turns out? The one to say, experiment on me. <laughs> Laura Lee. So they bake the clone in the personality-changing porta potty And... Who should come out but Stefan or Kel? And here it's revealed. I mean, I guess I should have expected this, but it, I, I never put any thought into Steve and Stefan have never met each other if we're doing yeah. a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Stefan and he have never directly interacted. But I feel like the most important thing about this reveal is that Literally every person and every idea was right. They just did all of the things (laughs) multiple times, and now we're here. Of course this is what it was. It was everything. I think officially we have to say answer annex to a number of the questions that we have raised in the question corner over the year. I have have the answer. But also, like, there's definitely some big stuff unresolved. The implications are huge. I don't know if we want to discuss it, but, like, at what point did Stefan propose to Laura? They were the same person. Right. So, technically, she never broke their engagement. Or is it the body? Or is it the... There's some, like, (laughs) legitimate, like... DID multiple personality <laughs> issues that like I I can't fully address them cuz we don't have we don't know yet but I'm worried. Let's, let's get into it. What is a soul? <laughs> well, it's the thing that helps you get to Vegas. That's the number one thing I know about it. Yeah, it'll get you to Vegas, but it'll be ripped right out once you get there. <laughs> oh yeah, by the blackjack dealer who's a little lost boy who ran away from home. <laughs> The episode proper begins in the kitchen where Steve is is doing science. And again, can't emphasize enough, based on evidence we've just seen in the previously on and in the episodes that follow, science shit belongs in the garage. Stop it. Also, we kind of blew past this, but there were three porta potties in that intro. I can't even. They were all in the garage. 
two of them are identical cloning machines. One porta potty is the Bruce Lee gene manipulation machine, and they all fit in the garage. Please put the Urk pad there. Does he have to make a new one? We've seen that there's like settings that he can change, and when he and when like Eddie became Urkel personality, and also personality means knowledge. I guess <laughs> I don't. There's no cheer through the door for Myra, which she deserves better, especially after yes. the valiant services that she renders in this episode. Again, they just can't they can't quite nail what the the nickname dynamic should be between these two members of this couple other than like dumb. It's like something weird every time. So she calls him pumpkin seed, he calls her bagel chip. And then says, well, Godfrey Daniel, what happened to your foot? And I said, who's Godfrey Daniel? <laughs> yep. Did you look it up? I sure did. Hell no. Did you see that it is a, uh, I guess the official term is a minced oath? A, you know, a, a replacing bad words with other words? You know that thing where you try to look up the definition of something and then you have to look up the definition of something else? <laughs> well, it was, it was even more confusing because the place I looked it up said it's a minced oath, like, favored and popularized by W.C. Fields. And I said, oh my God. who's W.C. Fields? So I had to click <laughs> on that. And it's a comedian whose persona was a misanthropic and a hard-drinking egotist who remained sympathetic somehow, despite his contempt for children and dogs. <laughs> well, sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> W.C. Fields, who like played a caricature, but was who had the same name. The actor comedian died in 1946. Boy, boy, oh boy! He's been out of the picture for a minute. If you th thought he died young, he was born in 1880. So <laughs> this is a reference to something that no man should know. Also, like, I have been obsessed with Fred Fox Jr. for a week, just like trying to figure out how this happened and all of the weird corollaries to Hollywood Part 3, which apparently began season 5 of mm. happy days that went on to have 11 seasons but it, the fact that it was like a weird family vacation with like a, a mm -hmm. sprinkle of like you might get a, a job as an actor type thing i was like this is so weird and having seen a picture of fred fox jr like the dude looks like riffraff from rocky <laughs> horror picture show <laughs> So I buy that he was a kid, saw W.C. Fields, was like, one day I will put this in a television show when I'm 80. But again, like, he's in the room, so he could have contributed it. But he only co-wrote part three of this Paris Vacation three-parter. This one is pure Jim Gaffin, Jim Gogan, Jim Gongongongong, Jim get the fuck out of the writer's room, you piece of shit. <laughs> And, again, directed by Richard Carell, because they weren't going to fly two different directors to Europe. They, this is, come on, we gotta, this is a network show, but we still got a budget. Myra, the brilliant reason that is now revealed that 
she did not go to Paris. The writer's room that's brought us such great hits as Urkel <laughs> being flung off the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Turns out that Myra just had a little surgery to have her extra toe removed. And I don't know how quickly the process happened if they were in the same room and you just turned the whole surgical team around to the other side or if you have to put it on ice for a while but that extra toe was donated to a young woman who was toe challenged the way they're treating this extra toe because it comes up later when harriet's like oh did she get that toe removed is this a canonical extra toe i simultaneously wouldn't put it past them to have this be a, like, recurring gag every time Myra comes in the room for the rest of the time we see her. And I also, equally, would in no way be surprised for this to be the absolute first and last yep. mention of Myra's extra toe. Sorry, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Is he more horny or less horny? You know he likes scars, right? So it's oh. gotta be, there's like a weird, maybe he's go. like, oh, post-surgery toe, really? Tell me more. <laughs> Wiggle your sixth toe. <laughs> Urkel says she might be walking around with your toe, but she'll never fill your shoes, which I actually, like, there is something kind of, like, it was <laughs> well-written enough, and I, yeah, John's immediately shaking his head. I thought it was cute. I, I actually like that a little bit. Behold the Urk pad. This is the scene we've pretty much seen before. Did not know that it is interrupted by science talk making Myra so, like, heated up that she tackles Urkel onto the kitchen table and they make out. And it seems like that's going to activate the machine on accident on purpose. You'd think. But nope. It's when they put it on the ground and Steve's giving the explanation of how he is going to test it out by sending some foodstuffs when Carl stumbles onto it. Now, speaking of the foodstuffs, I would never want to give too much time to this throwaway line because, of course, Steve is sending cheese to his friend Nicole, who we've met before. Apparently, they met at an international science fair in Akron, which seems uh, unlikely for a couple of reasons. <laughs> I did you look up did. if they're... I was like... Hey, 1% chance, right? All I found was a 2020 <laughs> middle school science fair for Akron Public High Schools. Did every kid turn in a rubber tire? Because <laughs> as far as I know, that is the sole industry building material and food stuff that is <laughs> made and consumed in Akron, Ohio. Steve says he's going to surprise Nicole by sending her some cheese, the variety of which rhymes with Schmamembert. I'm, you know, just barely cultured enough to understand that camembert is a cheese. And I was pretty sure that that's a Frenchy word. And I was right. And so Steve is sending a woman <laughs> in Paris, France, a hunk of cheese that, if made the most proper way, is made in camembert. A city in Normandy, a region of France, that the city is approximately 120 miles or two hours away from Paris. This is the Austin to San Antonio of Paris. And 
if I want authentic San Antonio queso, it's it's not hard to get. <laughs> I'm going to ship you some fresh caught tuna from Idaho. Oh my god. It took longer for Carl to drive to another state to get a free <laughs> Christmas tree <laughs> than it would take this woman to go pick up some cheese on a whim. But of course, she actually instantaneously is uh, teleported. Carl, perhaps not instantaneous, put a pin in that. Oh boy. Everyone acts at this point, including Carl, who in France faints. We, I don't think we had seen that in any of the previous Leons. Everyone acts like this is a horrible problem that will take forever to solve. But, like, if it worked, which there's some doubt of because they hadn't even tested cheese yet, it's fine because he can just walk back in and then immediately be back home, right? Like, it's not like, oh, my God, Carl's stuck in France. It's Home Alone, <laughs> France edition. What are we going to do? But he he pops back in and he's totally fine. He's so fine that he is suited up with a full outfit because he was wearing pajamas when he went in. <laughs> and he comes back fully clothed uh, with a beret and carrying a couple baguettes and a big wheel of cheese. There's some lore in here that no one was asking for, but answer annex to an unasked question. Carl has a 42-inch waist. I... Okay. We get a lot... <laughs> of Carl Fat Jokes, and I felt like this one was just like, you went a step too far. That's like putting someone's social security number just like on the internet. Can we calm down one notch, please? Well, and like, I don't think we have any reason to believe that that is accurate. Like, I don't think Jim Gaffin ducked his head out of the writer's room to yell at the costume department and find out what size reginald bell johnson's pants are like i th they could have absolutely just made this up out of nowhere so maybe they underplayed it and they're doing him a, a little favor i have no idea apparently they make the pants big enough in france because carl came back fully dressed you're never fully dressed without baguettes <laughs> you'll love the way you bred <laughs> They list all of the possible philanthropic and beneficial uses for the ERC pad. They can get doctors to people immediately, and they can, you know, improve international relations and all the all of the things that you immediately think, oh, I could do that with a teleportation pad. They think of those, and the whole family is looking wistfully into the distance, and then they all say, let's just save a bunch of money on a Paris plane ride instead or just push the other stuff off but it kind of seems like they're like nah that other stuff we don't even need it ever it I, it's confusing we'll get to it later but it, it's yeah just like stefan it's very murky well okay i mean we know at the end of part three the irk pads are still in play like these are still available oh, and right like, they're not destroyed, nothing is even, like, broken or malfunctions. Like, there are three fully functional ERC pads, two in Paris, one in Chicago. And he uses that technology to make the the watch, the teleportation watch. Yeah, so, like, theoretically, he took two of them apart. 
in the intervening really brief period between the teleportation pads and the time travel, I'm assuming he did not give away that technology for free because the world isn't a utopia immediately. I, I don't know. Steve uh, also is really excited. So he says a rhyme here. I And I'm choosing my words very carefully because they play it like it's a song, but there's no music either behind it or in his voice. Yeah. He just... It's like he's reciting a limerick about how excited he is that <laughs> that space and time travel works. And great. I mean, it's, you know, rhyming things are funny. That's the only reason I mention it is because it's just, oh, once again, fulfilling the, the prophecy, the end of which we've seen over and over and over again. There was also another one when Myra is talking about getting her foot, her toe removed. She says, remember my extra toe? Urkel says, yo. She says, well, now it's no mo. Ugh. I truly missed it. Like, it, it's so sad that that doesn't even stick out to me anymore. <laughs> doesn't faze you. But I'm glad that it, you are our rhyme cop. JCVD has uh, trained you well. <laughs> and of course, by that I mean Julian Casablanca's Vin Diesel. <laughs> There's a montage of French stuff that we've seen in multiple other scenes in other episodes that leads to Le Grand Hotel, which, look, as as we've also very clearly proven over a p- couple episodes now, I don't speak French. But I feel pretty confident that my translation of that is The Good Hotel. Wow. Which I don't trust a business that is just the good well like i have driven by cafe bueno before and i'm like that's just good restaurant i don't trust you you have to put a little bit more effort into naming your establishment lie to me say it's the best like the absolute tippy top we are the mount everest of restaurants we've killed a lot of people who have come up here (laughs) but they yeah they're just like oh this is a this is a pretty good hotel it's yeah uh yeah it's fine we let people sneak in with teleportation pads. Is that bad? Again, like, there's no mention of it until the third part where it's like, oh, yeah, we didn't yeah. pay for this hotel. Uh, Nicole just brings it into an empty room. She has no affiliation that we know of with this fucking Yeah, hotel. and how did, she, how did she get a hold of one? Do we know? Urkel says he sent her one, which I'm not sure if he, he like, mailed her instructions or if he physically already built a single device and then before he tested it at the home, when he had two right next to each other, he mailed her one. <laughs> I mean, couldn't you then, couldn't you use that to reverse engineer it rather than go through this? So I'm it's, opening a can of worms right now, but... It is, it's hard to tell. You could just reverse engineer it rather than this Paris three-parter. They could have saved, they could have saved so much money on the show. You know, three three episodes in Paris they filmed. They only needed the one, <laughs> if any. Actually, they didn't need any. <laughs> Nicole could have just paid somebody to reverse engineer that shit and uh, problem solved. The world didn't need eight episodes up to this, seven episodes, seven seasons up to this point of Family Matters, but here we are. It is, I mean, Nicole is clearly some sort of thief or con woman person. 
it's said that they met at the International Science Fair in Akron. Not a very good one, I might add. Mm -hmm. The Science Fair in Akron or the (laughs) the con woman? Both are bad. You know both. We'll go both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when Steve first appears here, he doesn't fully like recognize her she looks different enough that he's like oh you got hot yeah and she's like yeah i did it's that classic oh you don't look like you did in your your profile <laughs> you don't look like you did in your photos on the on the app scientistsonly.com if you want to fill my beaker with your <laughs> your honeydew you know what? Yeah, let's scrap the rest of the episode and we'll just spend the next 30 minutes doing some uh some science sex puns. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in Nicole's ability to keep up in that conversation that we're throwing out and then immediately throwing away. <laughs> because the reality that I want to have is the more interesting one, but the one for which there's basically no evidence in the episode, which is, you know, Pretty standard for my approach to this show overall. But I I don't think this is the same Nicole. Wow. I think this is pure con woman Nicole. And she has like found out about science stuff that she could steal and is like impersonating other Nicole. That's much more interesting. Isn't that cool? Wouldn't that have been a cool thing? Because then you're like, oh, she's a con woman. There's like a little bit of a twist there. Yeah. But now we just think it's like, oh, she's she's actually the weird science gold digger that Myra accused her of being when Myra found out there's another woman who's French. But I will say that does track with her actually kind of falling in love with Steve. Like, that's the only thing that makes that a little believable, maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I kind of want it because then it excuses Steve immediately leaving his girlfriend, who's like, "Hey, I don't trust French women." And then as soon as he sees the first French woman that he encounters in France, that he's like, "Hey, you're super hot." But that's the, I don't like that. No, but it's also weird that like we know that Jaleel White was like, "Hey, please let me be hot in this show." But yeah. then Urkel flirts with, like, both women pretty simultaneously on the phone. Yeah. It is upsetting. Not as upsetting, however, as a throwaway line that really calls into question this teleportation process. Because Steve appears on the teleportation pad all discombobulated. He's got a bunch of uh, suitcases that he drops. Very funny. Nicole says, are you all right? And he, rather than saying, no, I just, it's fine. I drop stuff all the time. He says that he hit a little turbulence over Iceland. (laughs) Which means that he's, his molecules have not been broken apart enough that they can still not be affected by, like, wind patterns that's concerning as is because what if it just like you're going over iceland and a volcano goes off and you you come back with no pancreas (laughs) whenever you get where you're going but also unless he's joking in which case i don't know 
But if he's serious and telling the truth, then these people are conscious while they're traveling at it theoretically insane speeds across yeah. the globe. I'm going to have to uh, take a page out of John's Georgia book and um, no, no. Okay, so he just, he totally made it up. It's not yeah. real. This, yeah, okay. this is, no, this is bad. No. I mean, that that solves more problems than <laughs> than trying to take them at their word, as is often the case. <laughs> but we're setting a very difficult precedent when we're saying that we cannot trust the words <laughs> of this television program to explain this television program to us. <laughs> But yes, Nicole is a different person. It's a totally different person. That one's fun, so it's allowed to stay. <laughs> but the you screaming <laughs> with existential <laughs> fright as your body is flung apart <laughs> and microwaved <laughs> to another place. <laughs> that's not fun. So we'll, we'll uh, just dump it. The entire Winslow family risks coming together, even though like nobody's really sure every time that it will work on a single body, but okay. And then shortly thereafter, the only member not of the family, other than, you know, several other members of the family that we've encountered <laughs> in other episodes, Laura and Stefan appear. We flew United. It's a very good joke. We've we needed it. A bunch of times that's fine it's also interesting that they set up stefan as like a surprise reveal it's like oh yeah laura's bringing somebody yeah harriet says a friend and not her boyfriend so i guess yeah it could have been max or greta which honestly that's the more interesting yeah because <laughs> oh boy immediately when eddie appears he gives himself Yet another canonical nickname. <laughs> he tells Nicole, you can call me E-Man. And she says, you didn't brush your teeth. And it's all <laughs> very good. The action never stops. Cut straight from the hotel that we're familiar with to the restaurant that we also know so well. But here we see that just like a bizarre confluence of coincidences that... I guess I'll explain it as, like, this is just a restaurant close to the hotel, so they all, like, were walking within walking mm. distance. But Carl and Harriet are having just a little midday tipple, and <laughs> Eddie walks by, and the hot lady walks out of the cafe because she works there. We don't know that in this episode, but we know that because we already saw the other episode where he drops the soap and then Eddie, you know what happens. The hot lady walks out of the cafe. Eddie wee-wees as she crosses and then he crosses and then the car swerves to avoid him and crashes into the, the patio of the cafe. Now, at this point, I realize, because it's not shown in any of the previously ons, but yeah. that car hits directly the table that Carl and Harriet were sitting at. And Two at, seconds before. And at this, like, could you imagine, like, what a turn. Like, this show would turn into hereditary if they just went <laughs> through with it and killed the parents and did a dark three-parter. 
you could uh you could definitely switch the names of hereditary and family matters and i don't think you'd lose that much of <laughs> of the meaning in either case but yeah this uh this car it's it's this driver's fault like i mean the, it, yeah, the dude's it's... going 100 miles an hour eddie's uh-huh. in the crosswalk yep and and the and, he, and it, it almost looks like he puts it in park after he after he wrecks his own restaurant. There's like no reaction from him. He like just very right. casually just sits in the car, like like he wasn't given like good direction as as to like what reaction to give. It's revealed here that the driver of the car is the cafe owner that we have seen who yells at Eddie in the previous things. I, again, I just think it's they're saving money on that you don't hire more people that know french uh in paris do you guys think this is the same guy that speeds down the college street and hits myrtle like is it this frenchman yeah (laughs) he lost everything on the cafe and had to go under because of the amount of money that he lost this is not a viable thing. We've seen that guy. Come we saw on. who got out of the car. Unless you're further saying that he stayed in the car and ducked down and sent a patsy out to say, what happened to your face? <laughs> Carl is is encouraged not to make a scene. It's uh, A scene has been made. A car has plowed through several pieces of patio furniture. The owner insists that it's over 5,000 francs of damage, which, I don't know, sure. <laughs> Harriet reminds Eddie that this is all going to work out okay because Carl is a cop and he's trained to handle tough situations. Ooh. Oh boy, oh boy, did that not uh-huh. did that not age well. <laughs> uh-huh. Don't worry, he's a cop. He'll yeah, take care sure. Of sure. <laughs> he's great at de-escalating situations. Oh boy. That's bad. That's bad. It's real bad. Breaking news. Breaking news. That's bad. And there are a lot of cops uh, that, that don't seem to be uh, too good at the de-escalating. Um, yeah, we don't. We don't usually use this for uh, negating social situations in this show. But did you know that? <laughs> that's bullshit. <laughs> also, like the Ooh. way that. We've talked about how they do like trail off ad libs when they like end scenes with just like oh my god yeah. Did anybody catch what Carl says as he takes this cafe owner and walks away with him? He goes, "Excusez-moi, I maybe want to talk to you." (laughs) (laughs) And he's like muttering it, and it just—it's such a whimper. That's very funny. It does. So, so they also say, in addition to him being a cop, that he's personally very persuasive, which we have seen evidence of in this show that he fucking <laughs> Jedi mind tricks people all the time into thinking that shit is their fault when it's his fault. Yeah. Apparently, he's incapable of doing that when it's not his fault. <laughs> he's trying to shift the blame uh, because he he makes it so that Eddie has to work at the restaurant for two weeks. But dad, my Paris vacation. Right, but also like, are they staying there for two fucking weeks, or are they just leaving Eddie? In that's France? what I was wondering. It's like it's a long ass vacation, but it is free, so technically they could yeah. stay. However, well, it's not really. They gotta they gotta pay for all the meals and shit. Yeah, Paris is 
a notoriously very expensive city. <laughs> is it? Is it really? Are you being serious? I, I am being. I'm very kidding. Serious. I know we've been here for for three weeks now. I know. <laughs> I, know I was just testing all, you. It's just a test. We all wash dishes at restaurants now to pay our bills <laughs> that we could not otherwise afford. But also, I'm I'm still. It is still the to me as a driver that's at fault. You know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just. I'm just hung up on that. It's like the opposite of the the the, the Ford Explorer driver who's driving like 20 miles an mm. hour. This dude's like barreling around a corner, <laughs> and there is already somebody in the crosswalk. You know, he's in the crosswalk, and this is not a uh, stoplight crosswalk. This is one where like the car has hit a T intersection and has to stop regardless. Yeah, you see the crosswalk coming, you slow down. That's what you do. Right. I fully, again, I don't know French. I definitely don't know French traffic laws. But here in the good old US of A where we invented roads, <laughs> the rule is the pedestrian has the right of way if they're not otherwise breaking the law. And in this case, that is 100% on Eddie. And this madman who was driving to get to his shift at the restaurant that he owned like I don't, it's all strange it's to just, me. I, you should really play back like the moment when he parks the, it's it's just like <laughs> the, the lack of reaction from him i, I know i He's i'm repeating shock, myself John. but it's no, hilarious it's because this is his grift this is how he exploits free labor this is how he keeps his cafe open Every time he sees anyone in that crosswalk, yes. he sprints out to his car, which is parked nearby. <laughs> it happens every two weeks. That's why he has no reaction anymore. Also, this tiny Euro car demolishes half a patio's worth of furniture. We have seen a full-sized sport utility vehicle there we go. crash into a little tiny southern woman and <laughs> she was pretty okay comparatively afterward i don't know whether that is more a reflection on just the extreme density of <laughs> myrtle urkel or the well, flimsiness yeah, shit of... furniture it's shit furniture yeah. is all like it's all ikea <laughs> yeah the guy looks around he's like okay that cost me okay it's 50 francs this is 5,000 <laughs> francs worth of damage that you've done also is are you able to make 5,000 francs in two weeks as a I don't I don't know I, don't I looked it up it's $5,435 today uh absolutely not then is the answer <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially not when he gets transferred to being a dishwasher and gets cut out of the tips process. Not that he was getting a bunch of tips because he didn't speak French when he was <laughs> taking orders for a French restaurant. Laura has to do some shopping while she's in France. She needs to get Richie a t-shirt and send Max a postcard because <laughs> she hates her best friend, I guess. <laughs> Like you can, you can't get your friends some like nice perfume or some like something French that the French people are known for. Richie is a stupid little kid. Of course, he wants a T-shirt from France, but Max is a Max is a full adult with a rich interior life and a, a struggling hair practice. <laughs> she could have just gotten her the same hat that Eddie bought, which is just like a giant font that just says 
Paris. <laughs> it's just like the <laughs> biggest dad hat I've ever seen. Uh, Stefan has no time for any of this because he's ruminating on the deep thoughts of... <laughs> oh my god, what is this? I don't have a soul, I don't think. Ah, <laughs> uh, who, who the fuck talks like this? What does he say? He's like, you know, Laura, I can't help but think, surrounded by all this history in this city, that I don't have my own history. <laughs> He has no history of his own. Although I would say, I say who talks like that, but he's not like a real, Yeah, he's not a real boy. I don't he's know. not a real so, boy. <laughs> he sure is not. So I don't know. I don't know. My head's all fucked up. I think I need to lie down. <laughs> he has no past, but he needs to figure out his future. Lucky for the two of them that people write this and it's a sitcom <laughs> because they stumble across a photo shoot <laughs> Oh my god. All the male models yell at each other in French, and it turns out they're stunt people because they all just start beating the shit out of each other. Well, one of them really goes, one of them slaps, the other dude just oh, straight yeah. up punches him right in the face. Yeah. Well, there end up being four dudes that are all like locked in a crossways battle that keeps getting cut away from so that we can see the hilarious reactions of the French other models. By the way, None of the people are credited oh, good. on this. Uh, just the guy who speaks, who's the photographer we've seen already, Andre. I also, they kind of explain it later, but apparently Stefan knows French, which, sure, why not? He doesn't have a soul, but he understands every foreign language. But Laura and Stefan walk up to this kerfuffle, and she goes, oh, what's happening? And he goes, oh... I know exactly what's happening after watching it for two <laughs> seconds. He goes, oh, they're doing a photo shoot for a sports car magazine. And one of the models got angry at the other for blocking his light. I was like, this could be for anything. You don't know what this is. <laughs> they're shooting the first triple X movie with Vin Diesel. <laughs> And one of the models got mad because the other guy thinks that he's Vin Diesel, but yeah. he's just Julian Casablanca. Yeah, I was going to say, I heard they're bringing that franchise back. They're in for a rude awakening. Uh, yeah, Julia, they are not ready for Julian Casablanca's Vin Diesel. <laughs> Neither is the Fast franchise, for that matter. Also, it's just so weird to hear Laura and Stefan have that conversation to hear Laura acknowledge, oh, you know, Steve created you. It's it's, it's just yeah. so fucked, isn't it? Like, it's just so weird. It's like, he created you and, and I want to be with <laughs> you. And I, it's just so weird. It's so weird. Well, right. So what confuses me specifically you've created is... you and i want to jump your bones <laughs> i mean look huge question mark there but <laughs> how does memory work with the personality changing machine mm -hmm. and or the cool juice yep because it seems like when this stefan pops out of the xerox cloning machine that he has all the memories that Stefan made when he was part of Steve's body. Right. And I don't know if that is a factor of it copied Steve's body because it copies stuff, not 
bodies. Like, so it copied everything, and the, the Steve 2 had all the memories of Steve 1, so it's the same person, and so it also remembered being Stefan. I don't know. Do we need to get like? Do we need to get Xerox like customer service on the phone here? Or yeah, are they? What's their? What's the time uh, back in the U.S. Because we're all in Paris. All yeah, right. Yeah, they might be closed. Do they work twenty four hours? It is the weekend as well. Also, they probably will have no idea what the fuck we're talking. About. <laughs> oh, great point. Let's skip it then. <laughs> the photographer walks up, not knowing that Stefan speaks english because they're in france i can't emphasize enough both they and we are in paris france right now also unrelated but uh xerox should really be using copy of a copy by nine inch nails as their (laughs) as their theme song just throwing that out there yeah i can't wait for them to make their their giant rebound uh when they do a multiplicity reboot any day now (laughs) and there's just so many co-branding opportunities to be had i will say though i think stefan having a three episode arc of like an existential crisis is way more interesting than like i'm a top model that's the only thing about me that's all you need to know i'm a top model yeah i guess i mean I don't I don't know what Stefan knows. So I don't know what he's qualified to do. To be a model, you have to be able to move your body and look. And those are the most important things and he has those cuz he is a human person. Yeah, he's got to be able to turn right. <laughs> yep. Mhm. Or turn left, I guess it is. Isn't that what Zoolander says? Both. Both. If we're under the assumption that Stefan does not remember what happens when he's on the other side of the cool juice machine, that means Steve Urkel does not remember becoming Bruce Lee. Well, right. That's, I mean, that's a real question. And, like, does Eddie remember his time on that game show? What? Where he lost. Do you know about it? <laughs> I played conservative. <laughs> You guys still the best. We've had fun. Andre, the photographer, says, do you know how to model, essentially? And Stefan's like, yeah, I guess. I I don't know what I know, technically, but let's have a trippy montage like we're going to do again next episode. He also, he clearly doesn't know how to model, because one of the things he does is, like, the thumb over at one of the female models, like, oh, check this lady out, right? That's a good shot. Yeah, then that montage, shot. it's like a fucking, like, let's all do a line of coke. <laughs> and, I don't know, it's just, like, it's fucking weird. There's there's four ladies all over Stefan in this car. Laura is watching from the side, presumably pretty upset. And <laughs> not just because of that, but also because I guess she's good-looking enough to be a model on a runway, but Dude. not in a photo shoot because then it's recorded that's you you have to draw a line steve and nicole are touring a flower garden there's some physical comedy steve falls over a wheelbarrow and gets he steps on the rake and he i gotta say a double pratfall rake combo that's big points it's hard to do like again this is very hard to do it's not 
good, but he is good at it, and we have to recognize that. <laughs> Nicole says, you're fucking clumsy as shit, dog. <laughs> and he says, oh, I never thought about it. You what? <laughs> but no, of course he wouldn't have thought about it. He's, he's not... If, if he had, he wouldn't be breaking their house every every episode so <laughs> it is it does seem like a sherlock i know 38 types of ash but i don't know the earth goes around the sun type of thing right yeah. like he's just so smart he can't be self-aware in any way he does his he does the urkel laugh and nicole loves the little piggy snort <laughs> who doesn't it's a big hit it's on pull strings Super endearing. I I use it all the time on dates. <laughs> put that in your Tinder bio. Just uh, put a nose and then a pig nose next to it and then a laughing <laughs> mouth and see who likes it. See who likes you for the real you that is not the cool juice, John. Oh, this boy. is the real, this is the authentic pre-Xerox, John. <laughs> You're not grainy yet. This is not the copy of a copy of a copy. That's right. I don't know if you were going to keep going. I didn't know a how, how many copies. <laughs> Wouldn't that that would have been a much better? Nine Inch Nails should remix that song. Just, just do that. I am a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. And just keep. There's still time. Trent Reznor is making a great career right now out of putting songs that he's already written In into movies? new movies. So. <laughs> He could just, at some point, let's get him on the board for the Multiplicity reboot, and then... <laughs> it's hilarious. He's like, you know, I already, I already wrote this, right? I just... They're like, no, no, you need to copy it. Of, you need to copy, copy of a copy. You copy? <laughs> I get right for this show that we're talking about. <laughs> Does that make you feel better or worse? Uh, I mean... Always worse. Just everything. <laughs> Just everything worse. Um, also, there's a big reveal around this moment in the scene, but uh, you know, just let that let that Ooh. ruminate for a minute, and we'll we'll get there. I think we're we're getting there. This is where we find out that Urkel is going to give away his invention to the entire world. Is that the one you were talking about? That's well, no. Well, it's it's tied to that. You know what okay. he says after that. He says he doesn't care about money except for quarters because you need those at the laundromat. Yeah, that's a big reveal, guys. <laughs> I think, I honestly, I did take note of it. So, like, what, he either he he does laundry not at the Winslow house or they don't right. have a washer and dryer? They do have a washer and dryer because we just saw laura doing laundry in like two episodes three episodes from now yeah so what is he talking about it's he's not really going to strange. a laundromat that'd be a weird that'd be a weird setup hey urkel you can live here rent free you can break the shit out of our <laughs> kitchen every week but you gotta you gotta do your own laundry somewhere else no this tracks because we know all he does is take pieces from the laundry machines and put them on his inventions <laughs> I get a kind of a blank check Mr. McIntosh vibe off of this. I think, like, Steve's parents have been gone for a while. Yeah. And, like, he just moved into the Winslows, and for a while he was on his own. Are you saying we're going to get a big, we're going to get a big party uh, at some point soon, and his parents are going to show up? 
I hope so. I hope there's remote-controlled go-karts that you can ride through the kitchen and destroy some walls, and I hope he's going to take a slide out of his bedroom into a pool. We keep trying to retire Blank Check, but it keeps finding its way. <laughs> blank, blank Check needs to be canceled. The problem is, it's the fucking dream when you're a kid. <laughs> it, everything really about is, it seems I mean. awesome. But have we talked about how... I feel like this has come up before where Urkel just wants to give his intellectual property away to make the world a better mm-hmm. place. Yeah, he gave away his anti-gravity thing to NASA yeah. or, you know, the knockoff NASA. Like he he has no interest in monetizing any of this stuff and frequently just builds it himself to see if it will work without thinking of any consequences monetary or <laughs> fucking the uh, flow of time and space wise. <laughs> Fucking Jeff Bezos thanks him for the contribution. They will be using the Urk pad to deliver packages starting That's next month. To... So. It's really confusing, right? Because, okay, let's say he did give it away and uh, like gives away the plans. Anybody on Earth who has the resources can make it. Then we have to say, okay, are the resources like hard to find? Presumably not that hard to find because... As long as you Steve got a Radio Shack nearby. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Because Steve also has ready access to plutonium, uranium, and other things that are difficult to get for most normal people. So I don't know what to trust there. Like, can a a Egyptian street vendor uh, make an Urk pad out of stuff that's just lying around? I don't know. My assumption is that and again, this would have been more interesting, but he realizes that there are people in the world that would use this technology to steal the fucking Mona Lisa. And he's like, oh, I guess I can't put that one out. Better wait till the next one when I go to space. Yeah. So he takes it apart and makes a time and space travel <laughs> machine that is so much more devastating potentially for the future and current the current of humanity. I will say I the reveal I thought you were going to talk about is that fucking Gilbert is Nicole's cousin. And oh, they yeah, the put the a fucking pin in that. You hold on to it. You put it under your pocket and you sit on it right now. <laughs> because we got to talk about a two-headed aphid real quick. <laughs> so, again, they're strolling through this rose garden. Steve spots a... Charles de Gaulle rose with a unique opening, which means that inside there must be a two-headed aphid. Charles de Gaulle roses, for the record, are a real thing. They're lilac-colored roses. Two-headed aphids, as far as I can tell, not a real thing. I, (laughs) I dug and I looked around, and I'm sure at some point there's been some, like, just random mutation, like you see a two-headed cat every once in a while, and there's a lot more aphids than cats, so it's probably... (laughs) happened at some point in history you know how it happens it's from cousin fucking i said hold it (laughs) you need to delay your word spurt (laughs) or no one's gonna want to have a podcast with you (laughs) nicole walks away while urkel is getting ass deep in aphids (laughs) and she talks to gilbert who is on a park bench like Five feet away from Urkel <laughs> yes. when this conversation takes place. Yeah, but he's got the he's got the newspaper, you know, in his face. <laughs> he's invisible. He's got the newspaper up, so of course he needs to put that down. Got the newspaper up. He's reading the funnies. <laughs> he puts he puts it down, 
and he has sunglasses on, which also help disguise him, except he takes those off so that he can have this conversation. <laughs> so he can look deep into her eyes. Don't <laughs> hold you. <laughs> We've seen this conversation in the previously ons where this is where they hatch their nefarious scheme. Which didn't need to happen, because if she already had the orc pad, I don't mean to go through this all again, but if she already had the orc pad, they could just pay somebody to reverse engineer it. Bada bing, bada boom. You're in the, you're in the, you're, you're, you're stealing the Mona Lisa. You're good to go. That part's super weird. And also, I mean, this is another technical detail that I don't think they thought through. When you activate one orc pad, the other ones that are like in sync with it automatically activate i look like like i've said there's a firmware update coming okay <laughs> just hold your fucking horses we're working this, on this it. software <laughs> is absolutely in beta cuck right now yeah we made it very clear it was in beta form when you bought it okay <laughs> if he gives away this technology to the world and everybody starts making these pads that are all connected to each other, and oh, there's no. no protocol for where anybody is going. Anarchy. It's this is the complete breakdown of society that we've just described. <laughs> it's the purge. It's got to be. Fingers crossed. We got a new plot for the purge. Keep it going. <laughs> Gilbert is real turned on by how hot Nicole is, which is unsettling. Because Oof. oh boy. Because why? Spoiler alert. The two of them are first cousins. <laughs> oh my god. I love that this ends on a freeze frame too. <laughs> it ends on the most astonishing freeze frame. It ends on the most like fucked up. As Gilbert is putting his sunglasses back on in a very like CSI manner. But it's it's halfway on so the sunglasses are just partially on his face he's making a weird look and it's not a fully crisp shot either so like something must have gone wrong for them to have picked this as the frame to end it on i just like that's legit like if we didn't have the post credits thing that's how they ended the episode on a cousin fucking joke yes it's like what the hell like a freeze frame after he says, that makes me wish you weren't my cousin. Like, what the hell? What are we doing? And this is not the first time, this is not the first time in this show that we have had this problem of, like, weird... Internal relations. Yeah, weird familial yeah. sexual tension yeah. or whatever. Like, it's, it's, it's a recurring theme and it is very unsettling. Especially when they, especially when they use it, like you said, David, to end the episode on on a freeze frame. We don't have to litigate this yet because we still don't have all the answers. But this episode makes it pretty clear that Stefan is like six months old. Yep. Yep. yep He's yep. a little baby man, <laughs> and Laura's just she's getting that baby oil. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> We get it next time on where there's a we get the little shot of the beach shoot and Stefan saying, I don't am I a real uh, what <laughs> am I a real flesh boy? I don't know. Also, they give away so much of the episode. In this yeah. They give away the exact ending of the episode. They do the kiss 
that is like kind of a will they won't they but they see that urkel and nicole kiss we get the photo shoot and the reveal that Laura's part of the photo shoot mm-hmm. or the the runway modeling and then we get the literal cliffhanger last shot of episode two where nicole is like oh you're gonna die and urkel's like well i'd prefer not to if at all possible <laughs> that would be good and then the end and we get another montage of of clips from this episode as the closing credit stuff what the cousin fuck is happening on this show <laughs> it's hard to even know how to make predictions about next episode because it's the season seven finale and like so far season finales for us have been <laughs> real fucking wild yeah i don't know what to think but we do have an episode between then and now we will try to do a uh, season eight decompress do a uh relaxed fit as a an actually successful podcast a size 42 relaxed fit oh yeah <laughs> let it all the way out <laughs> we'll have some fun have some uh relaxed times and hope you, you can do the same next time but in the meantime if you just can't get enough of us where can you request more time with the show via email john mcdaniel um jumping the shuttle at gmail.com i'm you know i was keeping tabs on it disappointed nobody wants that ipod shuffle i guess um <laughs> you're lying to me somebody email you sent it to the junk folder you reported <laughs> it to gmail yeah no so uh that ipod shuffle that we have yet to purchase uh is still available <laughs> oh it's just one now <laughs> open offer until we start season seven we will be putting just copy of a copy by Nine Inch Nails on there. That would be good. That would be a present to them. I thought this was supposed to be more of like a goof, like a joke thing that we're doing that people don't want what's on the iPod shuffle. And they can't take it off because that doesn't interface with any <laughs> current technology. Yeah, no, you can't talk to the iPod shuffle. You can't say iPod shuffle delete. Hey Siri, iPod shuffle. <laughs> oh shit, it started. Oh, you just activated a bunch of people's phones. Where can people see what's on our iPod Shuffle playlist? <laughs> you can check out our Spotify. Um, you we can... do have a Spotify page. It's not. A, that's not even a joke. Oh, We're on Spotify. Apple Music, bro. Because I'm a little Apple bitch boy. I got all the Apple products. I'm a little Apple boy. You can, <laughs> you can find all of our tech reviews at jumping the shuttle on Instagram and TikTok. You haven't seen it a run for their money, let me tell you. <laughs> I like it. I like that. Right. It it works it works good most of the time. You should buy it. I will give a rare shout out to our website, jumpingtheshuttle.com, jumpingtheshuttle.space, where you can go and uh vote on Stefan's age and it will be <laughs> legally binding because they the show doesn't know they don't care they don't care on this show people are cousins and they don't and then the french bread goes the baguette with the cheese <laughs> yeah they might as well have had that conversation too right after he was done talking about having no soul he's like you know what it's also weird laura that we're attracted to each other but we're kind of related isn't that like a <laughs> fucked up thing isn't that weird? Is that not weird? It seems weird. She's like, I don't want to talk anymore. Let's do some of that French dip. There's <laughs> jokes. They could have made so many jokes in this episode and they just don't care. Hey!